welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Oh, we have coffee and donuts now at church. Everyone, someone give Jesus some praise this morning. Coffee and donuts are back. Man, I, I'll tell you, before uh, we had the coffee and donuts, um, and then when we got the coffee and donuts back, like, there was some very vocal appreciation and praise to the Lord. It's like, coffee and donuts! It's like, hey, the presence of God can still come without coffee and donuts, but it sure helps, doesn't it? <laughs> Hey, we are in week three of our Hold Nothing Back series, and if you are new at the Ministrista campus, my name is Pastor Dave. I'm the campus pastor here. We have eight campuses in the Metro River Valley Church. Pastor Rob and Becca are our lead pastors, and uh, I am just the, uh, when I say campus pastor, I'm not saying like college campus. I mean like I'm the lead pastor at the Ministrista location. It's an honor uh, to pastor you. I love being your pastor. I love our community, and uh, isn't this, uh, isn't our community just especially beautiful? this time of year, all the trees and the colors. Hope you enjoyed your drive in this morning. But we're in week three of Hold Nothing Back. The first week, Pastor Rob preached an amazing message about surrender. And uh, it was very impactful. I know God was moving in our life group, and we have a life group series that's going along with this sermon series. And then last week, we had our 25th anniversary as a church. We celebrated the last 25 years. We're looking forward to the next 25 years. Uh, but as we celebrated, it welled up a lot of gratitude. And so last week, we talked about gratitude. And today, we're talking about prayer. I'm so excited to talk to you about prayer this morning. One of my favorite verses in all of scripture about prayer comes from Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Paul's writing from a prison cell to a group of believers, encouraging them. And he says, listen, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. I love this verse because it kind of bridges last week to this week. When we pray, we always pray with thanksgiving. Every time we go to the Lord in prayer, we have something to be thankful for. We never don't have anything to be thankful for. As followers of Christ, knowing that God is in heaven, knowing that Jesus is on the throne, knowing that God is the creator of heavens and earth, and he's drawn us in. Every single time we go to prayer, we have something to be thankful for. Whether it's just the breath in our lungs, because if we're still breathing, God's still working. Amen? So every time, we're thankful. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. So uh, it's back to school season. We're loving back to school season. Um, I don't know about you, but I was so thankful to get my kids out of the house finally. <laughs> oh man, distance learning killed us last spring, but we were so grateful and my kids are excited to be back to school. And on Wednesday, my wife and I, we got to pick our kids up. It was a special day and it just worked out. Our schedules worked out that both Katie and I were able to go to the kids' school and pick them up. And it was on Wednesday, and I don't know if you remember Wednesday this last week, but Wednesday this last week, it was like like severe thunderstorms like popped up for like five minutes. I, 
maybe not where you were. They were like these really small cells. I'm a weather nerd, and so I was, I'm just really enjoying it. But we go up, we get the kids, and they get in the car, and as we're driving home, like, it is thundering. It's, well, if it's thundering, that means there's lightning. <laughs> it's raining. It started hailing on our car, and we're getting on to Highway 5, and we're about to go 65 miles an hour, and it is wild. We can't even see 30, 100 feet in front of us. And Judah, my oldest son, he's six years old, is in the back seat, and he's looking out. And, like, we love thunderstorms as a family, but, you know, as a six-year-old, there's a point where thunderstorms are like, uh, is this okay? Are we going to be okay? And he goes, we're driving, and he's freaking out. He goes, Daddy, can I pray? And I go, yes, you can pray. And so, um, which, by the way, like, if you're a parent, get your kids to pray. I mean, how amazing was it hearing Kate Chassie pray for the offering? We should have Kate Chassie praying for the offering every Sunday. Come on. God hears the prayers of his little ones, doesn't he? And so Judah prays and just in his sweet self, uh, and, and he prays like, God, help us get home safely in the thunderstorm. And he says, amen. And I kid you not, he says, amen. Like, we must have driven right out of this. I mean, he said amen, and the rain stopped. And we saw blue sky, and Judah just goes, Jesus answers my prayers! <laughs> and I go, buddy, he does! But I thought it was a very profound moment with my son. Because in the moment when he was worried, what did he do? He turned that worry into prayer. He turned that worry. He lived out Philippians 4, 6. He's got an awesome mom, I tell you what. <laughs> Um, but he turned his worry into prayer. Who knows? We have so much to worry about right now. Worry about the economy, worry about the environment, worry about the test coming up, worrying about our medical results. I cough. Do I have the virus now? Did someone give me the virus? Will we worry about, will, will life go, ever go back to normal? We have so much to worry about, but I want to encourage you, church, this morning. Entertained worry will always breed more worry. But worry denied and turned into prayer will always breed peace. Someone needs to hear that word this morning. If you prayed as much as you worried, your life would be totally different. I'm saying that to me this morning, okay? I don't know if you need to hear that. I need to hear that. If every time that worry creeps up, you prayed, your life would be totally different. I love how Judah, he took his worry and he turned it in to prayer. And so I believe rather than talking to ourselves about these things, worry, anxiety, depressed thoughts, I believe we should talk to God about them, which is prayer. I love what a Bible commentator said. They said, anxiety and prayer are more opposed to each other than fire and water. Because this is what happens when we pray. When we take what's inside, when we take the battle and the storm that's raging inside and we turn it into prayer, listen to what Paul says, in everything. Do you know what that means? When Paul says pray about everything in everything, do you know what that means? In the Greek, it means pray about everything. <laughs> You're worried about work the next day. You're worried about that relationship that's strained. You're worried about your finances. You're worried about your health. You're worried about the world. You're worried about this or that. Pray about everything. And he says, by prayer and supplication. That just means by prayer and prayer. <laughs> supplication is just another word for prayer. By prayer and prayer. He says, pray 
And he says, add gratitude, because when we add gratitude in our prayers, it changes our perspective of our situations. Every single one of us, we have so much to be thankful for. I don't know what your life situation is like, but you and I, we have so much to be thankful for. And he says, when you pray, always thank God. Thank him for anything, everything that is a blessing to you, because every good thing we have comes down from the Father of heavenly lights. We thank God and we pray. And this is what Paul promises us. This is a promise of scripture. When you pray, you are promised peace that guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Not just that. It's peace that surpasses understanding. Here's what's important. When you pray, you're saying, God, I need an answer. God, I need clarity. God, would you tell me? Well, you may not get the answer right away, but you know what you will get? You will get peace. Understanding may come later. But the peace comes immediately. And it guards our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. And when Paul, write, when Paul wrote this from a prison cell, you have to know, he was being guarded by Roman soldiers. It's the same exact word that, that, that uh, they would use in first century when a, 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 a soldier would guard a cell. He says, when you pray, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guards your heart and your mind. Your heart and your mind. He guards us in Christ Jesus. I want to talk to you this morning about being in Christ Jesus, praying in Christ Jesus. Jesus himself said in John 16, 23, he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. That's why, I don't know if you heard Rachel pray for, or uh, Rachel, Kate. I don't know if you heard Kate pray for the offering this morning. Did you hear what she said before she said amen? She said, in Jesus' name, amen. This is the verse that we get that. Christians, we say it all the time. It's kind of like just ingrained like rhythm for us that we pray in Jesus' name, amen. And Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Now, in Jesus' name. The Vikings are 0-3 right now, okay? It's Viking season. You knew I was going to talk about football. Today, if I pray, God, would you please let the Vikings win? the rest of the games this season and win the Super Bowl this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Is God going to answer that prayer from John 16, 23? No. By just adding in Jesus' name doesn't mean that you get whatever you ask for. Okay? Praying in Jesus' name means to pray as if we, in a sense, were Jesus. Pray your prayer as though Jesus were praying the prayer. Pray about your situation as though Jesus were praying about your situation. That's what it means to pray in Jesus' name. Praying in Jesus' name. Now, I don't know if, you've, uh, I don't know if you're like me, but you've prayed for things and God didn't answer it. Is that, can and anyone, any, any saints in the room, you've prayed a prayer and God did not answer your prayer? Okay. We're all, I mean, it happens. The disciples, listen to this. Check this out in Mark 10, 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus, and they said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. <laughs> you laugh at them, but I read this and I laugh at myself. Because <laughs> I pray, I'm like, God, I want you to do whatever I ask. You said if I pray in your name, you give me whatever I ask for. Uh, we can relate, can't we? I want to share a story with you. I, a year ago, 
Uh, you guys, we had Pastor Danae up here, our Go Kids pastor, our Connections pastor. Can you give it up? Uh, just your appreciation, your love. If you have kids in Go Kids, you know how amazing Pastor Danae and her team is. But uh, before I even knew Pastor Danae and Adam, before I even knew about the Cisco's, before I even knew they existed on planet Earth, before I knew that they were a possible candidate for become our, to become our Go Kids pastors here at the Minnetrista campus, there was, I, I had someone else that I had in mind. And I prayed. I remember I prayed this to the Lord. I said, God, based off of what I know, I want this person to be our Go Kids pastor. And it wasn't Pastor Danae. And I prayed that prayer. I asked God. And aren't you glad he didn't answer that prayer? Because had he answered that prayer, we would not have had the blessings of the Cisco family, Pastor Adam and Pastor Danae and their kids. We wouldn't have it if God had answered my original prayer. And so James and John, they're like, Jesus, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Genie in the bottle, we want our three wishes, <laughs> you know? And so Jesus, I love Jesus. He, he like, he answers his question with a question. He goes, well, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and they said, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other sit at your left hand in your glory uh, when you uh, die and, and rise and ascend into heaven. He goes, we want to sit. We want to be in charge with you. And I love Jesus' response. You don't know what you're asking. <laughs> you don't know what you're asking. I, the fact that God does not answer every single one of the prayers that we pray shows that our God is a good father. Because if you are a parent, you know to be a good parent, you don't give in to every single little demand that those little people make in your life when they make it. Okay? I'm just, this is basic parenting. And if you don't have kids, think about your parents and the times that they said no to you and you knew it was good for you that they said no. At the time you hated it, you wanted that cookie before dinner. You thought that cookie was amazing. You thought all you needed to eat for a nutritious meal was that cookie before dinner. And you ask your mom or you ask your dad, mom, dad, can I have a cookie before dinner? No, are you crazy? You have a cookie after dinner. You eat a good nutritious meal. You eat your broccoli. Aren't you grateful your parents didn't say yes to every single thing you ever asked them? That's how I am with the Lord. I'm thankful that he doesn't say yes to everything that I ask. But Jesus says a couple times, if you, if you ask me and you live in me, I will answer everything that you ask. So check this out. I believe we can pray. And expect God to answer our prayers as we abide more and more in Jesus and he abides in us. We can pray and we know that God will answer our prayers. Listen to what Jesus says. This is our main text. That was just my introduction. Are you ready? We got nine minutes left, so praise God. John chapter 15. Some profound words that Jesus shares with his disciples before, right before he's crucified. It's kind of his like last like encouragement to them before he goes to the garden and he's crucified. He shares with his closest friends and he's sharing with us this morning, starting in John 15 verse four, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself and let it ab unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you Unless you abide in me, I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, 
He it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burnt. But if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Starting in verse 4. Can you guys put verse 4 up? Thank you, production team. Our, our production team is world class. I love our production team. But that first word, abide, it's a Greek word. The Greek word is meno. And right there, it's in the aorist imperative form in Greek with a constantive categorization. It's just a bunch of fancy words. That just means when Jesus says, abide in me and I in you, it's like this is the most important. This is the most urgent. This is the most serious. This is, as a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, you've repented of your sins, and you've confessed faith that Jesus Christ has died on the cross for your sins and risen from the grave. This is your top priority as a follower of Jesus. Abide in me. And then he says in verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Abiding in Jesus is us holding nothing back in pursuit of him in our prayer life. Jesus is saying, remain in me. Live in me. You, I am the vine. You are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing of spiritual, eternal, kingdom significance. How much of your day do you spend and you work and you live and you talk and you uh, are with your family and you converse and, 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 and you go from A to B to C? How much of your day goes unprayed for? Jesus says, apart from me, you can't do anything. He says, I'm your source. Abide. Keep us. He's saying, be connected to me. I'm your source. Be connected. He says, be connected and be reminded of that Jesus Christ, he is our source. Can I encourage you, church, my dear brothers and sisters in Jesus, that your spouse is not your source. Your bank account, it's not your source. Your job, it's not your source. Your success or comfort, they're not your source. Your self-care or relaxation or rest, it's not your source. Jesus is our source. And my appeal to you, my encourage, my challenge to you as your pastor today, remain in Jesus. Because a phone will die if it's not plugged in at night. If you're not connected to your source, your faith, man, I, I, like it, it gets to a scary place that it does not need to go to. Be connected. Be in. I brought this up. Oh, yeah. This is from a bush in my backyard. I don't even know what kind of bush it is, but I was uh, doing some, you know, fall work outside, and I ran into it, and I broke this off because even outside, I'm like a bull in a china shop. And so I broke this off, <laughs> and uh, these leaves that came from this branch, did these leaves come from the, br the, 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 the branch make these leaves? No, these leaves came out of the branch because the branch was connected to the bush or the vine, okay, to connect it to what Jesus is saying. The, like, like all the branch had to do in order to produce these leaves was just be connected to its source. Jesus is saying, you want to bear fruit in your life? Just remain in me. That's it. It's that simple and it's that hard.
Just be remained, be remained in Jesus. Just be connected. Now, side note, this branch disconnects from the source. It looks like it's okay. I mean, obviously, it looks like it's, you know, enduring some cold Minnesota fall weather. I just got this last night. The rest of the, the, rest of the bush. The bush might be dying, okay? But listen, <laughs> these green leaves disconnected from its source will die. It will look much deader than this as, day, as days go on. Meaning, hey, the scary thing, the scary illustration is you can be disconnected from the source and have the appearance that you are, have life in him. But you do that long enough, I'm telling you, you don't want your faith to go to that place. Remain in Jesus. Remain in Jesus. And so when he says remain in me, it's not just come and go. You are to abide all day, every day. And when I say abide, I'm not just saying like have 15 minutes of devotions in the morning. And then go on your day and just don't even think about it or don't even pray or don't even ask God or don't appeal to God or think of God or think of Jesus and his beauty and his majesty and his glory. He's saying, now I'm saying like 15 minute devotions in the morning are great. If you don't do that, you should do that. I mean, Jesus, Mark 135, he said very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus got up and prayed. Now, side note, Jesus was God. Are any of us in this room God? No. Okay, Jesus was God, yet Jesus prayed. <laughs> You've seen like how much more Jesus is God incarnate on earth, and he made a priority to pray to his father. How much more do you and I need to get away and pray? It's a lot. We need to abide. I'm saying pray in the morning with your devotionals. I just want to tell you what I do with my devotionals in the morning. Um, I don't do it on my phone. Uh, I don't do it on my iPad. I may use my iPad as reference, but to me, I mean, it is, it is paper Bible, it's paper notebook, it's pen, it's post-it notes, you know, like I have to disconnect. When Jesus says, go in your room and shut your door, uh, that's not just my physical door. I need to shut like the, the digital door and just be in a place where, because I, I mean, I love notifications. Like my wife will tell you, like if I get a notification, I'm like, oh, notification, you know, I love it. I love it. But it, and so it means doing your morning devos, but it means also all day, every day, being in Jesus during the day. First Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Pray when you're driving. Pray when you go to bed. Pray when you're cleaning up after dinner. Pray in just the normal mundane parts of your life. You got time during your day to lift up a couple praise or a couple prayers to the Lord. You have a, you have a pressing meeting that you're going into. You're about to meet with the banker and you're scared. Pray, pray, pray. First Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. John 15, verse 4. John 15, verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. And if you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. We abide in Christ in prayer and in constant prayer. But isn't it interesting that our Lord said, just leave those, can you leave those verses up? Can you leave those verses up? He says, abide in me and I in you. And that's verse four. Now let's jump to verse seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Jesus is saying, listen, he and his word 
it's the same. Abide in me, and if my words abide in you. Meaning this, this time that we have, this time that we have, the discipline that we have to engage in God's word, not to get into the word, but to get his word in us, is of absolute importance. Because if we abide in Christ and his word, it abides in us. We can ask whatever we wish and he will do it. Now, did Jesus say, without those stipulations, hey, you ask whatever you wish and I'll give it to you? No, 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 no. Not at all. Remember, God's a good father. And good parents don't give kids everything that they want when they want it. But Jesus' invitation today is this. Know me. Know my word. Live in me. Abide in me. Know my promises. Do you know, um, the best praying Christian is the Christian who is the most believingly familiar with the promises of God. After all, prayer is nothing but taking God's promises to him and saying to him, hey, do as you've said. God, do as you've said. You promised this. So I'm standing on it. And I'm asking you, to continue to be faithful in your promises because you haven't failed me yet. You haven't failed me yet. And so prayer is not only a dumping ground of everything that's going on in our lives. <laughs> Sometimes it feels that way, doesn't it? Sometimes we're so weighed down by life. Sometimes we're so stressed out with worry and anxiety. Sometimes life, it just feels like 2020, we're like, pah, pah, pah. I love how Pastor Rob said it a couple weeks ago. He goes, I feel like 2020 isn't holding anything back. So as followers of Jesus, we can't hold anything back <laughs> like pursuing him. But prayer is more than just a dumping ground of everything that's going on in our lives. It's a dynamic conversation and experience of his presence. Man, I mean, I wish I could spend the next 10 weeks preaching to you guys about prayer. It's so life-changing as a follower in Jesus. But my appeal to you is today, Christian, live in Jesus. Include Jesus. If you got sin in your life, hey, tell you what, Jesus already knows about it, so don't you talk to him about it. Give it to him. It's covered by the gospel. Jesus paid it all. He knows you. He sees you. He's with you. He's at your right hand. His spirit's inside of you. He's standing at the door of your heart. And for those that you are following him, you've opened it up. But maybe there's some of you this morning, you got like, he's in the living room and it's time to let him into the attic. It's time to let him into the, your grungy, disorganized, crazy basement. It's time to let him into the storage room that looks like it's on hoarders. And let him just start, let him into every part. I love this. This is a, a pastor from the 19th century. I want to read this to you. He wrote this. He said, do you desire the grace of the spirit? Go to the Lord's anointing. Do you seek holiness? Go to his example. Do you desire forgiveness of your sin? Look to his blood. Do you need to die to sin? Look to his crucifixion. Do you need to be buried to the world? Go to his tomb. 
Do you feel the fullness of a he- do you want to feel the fullness of a heavenly life? Behold his resurrection. Would you rise above the world? Mark his ascension. Would you contemplate heavenly things? Remember, he's seated at the right hand of God and know that he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Christian, what would your life look like? What would your day-to-day look like if you started to abide in Jesus, giving to him the first part of your day, inviting him to the rest of your day, and ending your day with him? What would your life look like if you were mighty in prayer? What could God do in our church and in our community if we were saints that were fully devoted to abiding with our king who's on the throne? Saying, Jesus, you have every thought. Jesus, you have every worry. Jesus, you forgive every sin. Jesus, you're with every child. Jesus, you're with me in that meeting. He knows, invite him in, invite him in. And as you live in him and as you get your, and as you get his word in you, ask whatever you want and he will do it. It's not ask whatever you want when you want it and get what you want. It's live in Jesus. Pray the way Jesus would pray. God's drawing us closer Will you hold nothing back to experience this power of prayer? It's in your reach. Church, it's in your reach. You can do it. And Jesus is here. Let's pray. God, thank you for the invitation. God, thank you that you invite us to live in you, to include you. God, to have you a part of every waking moment. I thank you, Jesus, that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But God, that there's freedom, there's victory, and that we can go with bold confidence to the throne of God through Jesus Christ by the power of your spirit. God, appeal to you, pray to you, cry out to you. God, you hear us and you invite us more in. I thank you for the promise of James that if we draw close to you, God, that God, you draw close to us. And so Lord, as your followers... God, we repent for the moments in our lives that we exclude you. And we say, have our way instead of have your way. And so today we ask Jesus in every part of our life, have your way. That you would move for your glory, for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, if you receive that today, can you just give it like a hand clap to Jesus real quick? in church yet? Come on. Hey, we're in week three of Hold Nothing Back. If it's your first time here, my name is Pastor Dave. I'm the campus pastor. Here we are at River Valley Church. We have eight locations in the Twin Cities, and I am the, I'm the lead pastor here just at Minatrista, but our lead pastor, Pastor Rob and Becca, uh, they're our lead pastors. Last week, we celebrated 25 years as a church. We're still celebrating And so we were talking about gratitude the week before Pastor Rob opened up this sermon series, uh, Hold Nothing Back. 
and he, t- and he preached a message about surrender. It's a powerful word, and uh, we are in life groups. We have whole nothing back life groups that are happening, and if you want to jump in one, I believe they are still open. If you wanted to jump into a life group, and every single week we're taking the topic that we talk about on Sunday, and we're discussing it further. And I know Katie and I, we lead a group, and it's been uh, amazing. God's been doing some amazing stuff in the lives of people. And so last week, uh, we talked about gratitude, and, and today we're talking about prayer. And as we jump into it, I want to share with you one of my all-time favorite verses on prayer, because prayer sometimes can be a mysterious thing, can sometimes be a difficult thing, can be a hard concept to grasp as a follower of Jesus. And so I want to equip you this morning, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you this morning in the areas of prayer, and I want to begin by sharing one of my all-time favorite verses on prayer. It's Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Don't be anxious about everything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Everyone say, in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Um, I have two kids. Um, I have a six-year-old. His name is Judah. I have a four-year-old daughter. Her name is Everly. And, uh, well, actually, we have three kids. We have one on the way. So... Katie is pregnant, super healthy. Uh, I, I had to tell you all because my daughter's going around to everyone this morning saying, mommy's got a baby in her tummy. So it's like, we got we to gotta get the word out. But uh, yeah, we're so excited. And um, Katie's healthy, baby's healthy. We're doing good. So be praying for us. Um, but we have two kids and they're in school right now. Praise God, <laughs> who is so good. Um, our kids are going to school. And I know a lot of people are trying homeschool and distance learning. I'll just say in the Olson house, distance learning worked for its season. And we were grateful for it, but we're thankful for school. And on Wednesday, we were able to, Katie and I were able to pick our kids up from school together. The schedules worked out, and we were both able to go pick our kids up from school. Judah's in first grade, Everly's in preschool, and we're enjoying the days when both kids are in school, and we don't have another little one, but they are dwindling fast. Glory to God. And so we pick our kids up on Wednesday. I don't know if you remember Wednesday. Wednesday, there's a lot of like weird little tiny random thunderstorms uh, that were going through in the afternoon. It was like severe weather in the, in like the beginning of October. Like this wild. And so we pick up Judah and Evie and I, immediately they get in the car. It's just a deluge and it's thunder and it's lightning and we're driving and we're about to get on the freeway and it starts hailing. It was crazy. Do you guys remember this on Wednesday? It was wild. Now, I love weather, so I remember, you know, unique weather events. I love this time of year when the cold air is coming in, it's windy, and harvest moons, and all that stuff. Um, I pay money for weather apps. That's what kind of weather person I am. And uh, so we're driving, and I got my weather app pulled up, and Judah starts freaking out. He's six years old, and he's like, he's really worried. And I'm not, I mean, I drive um, confidently, I will say. And he, so he goes, Mom and Dad, can we pray that we get home safe? And we're like, absolutely. So Judah is six years old. He's like, God, help us to get home safe. Help Dad not to drive crazy. And he said, amen. And I, he said, amen. And, like, we had just gotten out of the cell, and, like, blue sky showed up. The rain stopped. And Judah just goes, God answers prayer. <laughs> For six years old, I was just such a sweet, tender-hearted moment. 
But he turned his, what was so profound to me, at six years old, and I pray that he never forgets, and I pray that we all learn as followers of Jesus, because we all struggle with it, so we, that we turn our worry into prayer. That little six-year-old boy, he turned his worry into prayer, and he saw his God be faithful. And at church, I'd ask you, what would your life be like if every time you worried, you prayed instead? What would your, what would your, how would your faith be activated if instead of worrying and giving in to worry, you denied that worry and you prayed? I just believe that entertained worry will always breed more worry. You entertain a worrisome thought, an anxious thought, it will breed more worry. It will breed more anxiety. But I, I am telling you, because of Philippians 4, 6 and 7, if we deny worry and we follow what God's word says and we turn that worry into prayer, but can you have that? Can you get that saying up one more time? It will breed peace every single time. Why can I say that confidently this morning? It's because it's a promise of scripture. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. We, we, we take our worry and we turn it into prayer, all while thanking God for what he has given us. Aren't you thankful for God and his blessings this morning? Come on, every single one of us, no matter what kind of season of life we're going through, whether it's 2020, 2019, 2021, whatever we're going through, we have something to be thankful for. Every time we pray, we can go to God with thanksgiving. And that thanksgiving changes our perspective as we're in prayer. I'm telling you, we talked about gratitude last week on Monday morning in my life group. I got a couple guys in my life group here. We talked about gratitude. We started sharing the things we're grateful for. I had a rough Sunday night, and I had a rough Monday morning. And as soon as I got in my life group with my men, we're talking about the things that we're grateful for. I'm telling you, it changed my week. It changed my week. Gratitude changes our perspective. And so we pray, and it guards our hearts and our mind in Christ Jesus. Because he gives us peace that surpasses all understanding. That's a promise of scripture. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. When we pray, God gives us peace. He may not give us understanding. He gives us peace that surpasses understanding. So when we pray, peace comes first. Understanding may come later, but we trust God all the same. But it's peace that guards us. It guards our heart. It guards our mind. When we pray, it, he gives us peace. And when Paul writes, it guards our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus, he wrote that from prison. He was literally being guarded by Roman soldiers. Same Greek word. Same word that they use in the military is the same word that Paul uses to describe what happens to believers when we pray to Jesus. That he guards our hearts and he guards our mind in Christ Jesus. Isn't, I mean, isn't that amazing? In Christ Jesus, you, you know, uh, you, you heard Kate pray. I mean, we should have kids pray for offering every Sunday. I'm telling you, that's a, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. I love hearing kids pray. I love hearing the innocence and the, just the, their faith. Their faith in God is just so great. I don't know what happens to us. We get older, we start thinking more, and it messes us up. But um, when we pray, and Kate said it, what did she say? In Jesus' name, amen. And that's biblical. Jesus said in John 16, 23, truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the father in my name, he will give it to you. And so we pray everything in Jesus name. God, I pray that I get that raise today in Jesus name. God, I pray the Vikings would just win a Super Bowl in Jesus name. God, I pray that person would notice me in Jesus name. 
God, I pray that everyone would just like me in Jesus' name. God, I pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Listen, can I tell you something? In Jesus' name is not some magical formula where God just uh, succumbs to every single little wish that you have, you and I have, right? But we pray everything in Jesus' name. We think like, well, like I can pray whatever I want, and as long as, as long as I include in Jesus' name at the end, I'm good. God will give it to me. Jesus said it, John 16, 23. No! <laughs> God doesn't give you what you want. Let me, let me just illustrate this with some disciples. I always love reading scripture and reading when the disciples mess up because I think that I'm better than the disciples when in actuality I'm right there with them. But let's read this, Mark 10, 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus. They said, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. <laughs> you know, we, we laugh. But we're the same way. We go to prayer like, God, I'm just praying in Jesus' name that you hear everything I say and you do it to me according to my will and my good pleasure. I know it's ridiculous, but sometimes that's just the attitude we have when we go to prayer. I mean, if you're telling me that you're not that way, you're further along and you should be preaching today. But we all succumb to it. Why? Because we can only see what we see. That's, and what we see is not faith. We hope in what we don't see. We have faith as the assurance of things not seen, the hope and the belief um, uh, of things to come. So we, we pray and we say, God, can, would you just do whatever I ask you to do? You know? And what is Jesus? I love when Jesus re- replies to the disciples, James and John. He goes, well, uh, what do you want me to do? In John, John, or sorry, Mark 10, 36, he goes, well, what do you want me to do for you? There's 37. They replied, well, let us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. Saying like, man, we want to be in charge with you. We want to tell people what's up. We want to have the authority that you have. And then Jesus goes, you don't know what you're asking. <laughs> Verse 38, you don't know what you're asking for. You know why? Because God's our father and we're his kids. How bad of a parent would we, how bad of parents would we be if we gave into our kids every, if we gave into our kids every little demand when they ask it? You'd be a bad parent. How good is our father that he does not answer all of our prayers when we pray them? Unanswered prayer is God's faithfulness just as much as his, as answered prayers are. I mean, listen, if my kids came up to me every day after school, Dad, 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 come here, dad. We got something to ask you. All right, I'm your dad. I want to listen to you. Dad, can we have a bowl of cookies before dinner? Believe me, we'll still eat dinner. We'll still do it, but we just want cookies now. Like, no, you don't get cookies now. You don't get cookies before dinner. You eat your broccoli. You eat your chicken. You eat your rice. You be quiet and eat that, and you thank your mom for making it, and then you can have cookies later. I'm a bad parent if I just give in to every little thing that they want all the time. But I'm a good parent, so I know when to say yes. I know when to say no. I know when to say not yet. And God is the exact same way. He loves us too much to give us every single thing that we want when we want it. And so um, as we, as we uh, dive in, and that was just my introduction, so we have 11 minutes left. But as we dive into prayer this morning, I want to share this definition of prayer uh, from Tim Keller. He's a great pastor. He said, prayer is continuing a conversation with that God has started through his word and his grace, which eventually becomes a full encounter with him. Since the beginning of time, 
Since man first sinned, God has been making the first move, saying, come to me. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they did not go to God. God came to them and said, where are you? God was looking to forgive them. God was looking to bring them back in. God was looking to establish that relationship. And it's in Genesis 2 and 3 that we get the first promise of Jesus, that Jesus would conquer the evil one, that he would restore, that, that he would restore our relationship with our God. And so God has started the conversation. God has started it. When you go to prayer, you don't have to start something. You're just replying to what God is already doing in your life. And so it's a dynamic conversation. And so we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to pray. And so I want to tell you this morning, we can pray and we can expect God to answer our prayers as we, this is the key word this morning, abide more and more in Jesus and he abides in us. I want to read to you John 15, starting in verse four this morning, four through seven. Um, this is, I'm just, we're just going to camp on this for the next couple minutes. Jesus says to his disciples, right? This is the night that he's betrayed. This is his last kind of encouragement before he goes to the cross. And he says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. So if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Verse 4, can we just throw verse 4 up real quick? That first word, abide in me. This is Jesus' charge to us this morning. This is his encouragement. This is the challenge. This is the call-up. Abide in Jesus. When Jesus says this in Greek, it's the Greek word meno, not minnow, like the little fishies that we go fishing with, but meno. And the tense in Greek is called the aorist imperative with a constitutive categorization, which just means, <laughs> I just wanted you to know I knew those big words. Um, no, when Jesus says this, the way it's written, it means as a follower of Christ, this is your top priority. This is the most important thing. This is urgent. This is, uh, this is serious. If you're a follower of Jesus, the number one thing, if you want to follow Jesus and live a life for him, it's not, it's, it's, it's not like giving to missions. It's not, it's not just showing up to church. It's abiding in Jesus day in, day out. It's not like come and go, like I just come on church on Sunday, I'm good for the rest of the week. No, it's, it's an every waking moment. We are abiding in Jesus. Because listen to what he says in verse 7. You want your prayers answered this morning, Christian. Listen to this promise. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I would tell you that abiding in prayer with Jesus is holding nothing back in our pursuit of Jesus. It's holding nothing back. It's remaining. Jesus say, says, I'm the vine. We are the branches. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. You know, abiding means staying connected to our source. Christian, Jesus is your source. Can I tell you something? Your spouse, not your source. Your paycheck is not your source. Your job is not your source. Your success 
Your status, it's not your source. Your rest and your comfort, your days off, your self-care time, it's not your source. All these things I'm saying are important and God's got a role for them in our lives. But they're not our source. Our source is Jesus Christ. And I know this about my phone. If I don't plug my phone in at night and it's not connected to a power source, it's useless. It's useless. It's just an expensive rectangle. We need to be connected to our source. Jesus is our source. I have these leaves right here on this branch. It's fall time. They're looking kind of rough, but it's still green enough. Can I tell you something about this branch? These leaves, the branch really does nothing to make these leaves, except for being connected to the bush or the vine. The only role that a branch has, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. The only role, responsibility that we have as Christ followers is to be connected to our source, the vine. Interesting thought, though, here. I just ripped this off the bush out in front of the church. <laughs> it's okay. It looks like, I mean, the rest of the bush, you can go out the bush. There's, it's cold. It's fall time. They're starting to wither a little bit. But these will stay green for a time. These will look alive for a time, but you stay disconnected long enough. It dies. It withers. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I'm encouraging you, church, following Jesus, it's not a Sunday morning thing. It's not a 15-minute devo in the morning thing and you're good for the day. And that's great. That's good. We need to do it. But it's a day in, day out, every hour, every moment, in the mundane, in the crazy. Oh, let me just say that again. In the mundane, in the mania. It's, I'm a preacher. Things have to start with the same letters. It's an every moment thing. We need to be connected. We can't just come and go. We can't just, we can't just, we can't just be satisfied with a service on Sunday. We can't just be satisfied with a session in prayer in the morning and just saying, I'm good for the rest of the day. I can just go into my day and not even think about what I just read, what I prayed for, the time I spent, the adoration I gave, the experience I had. It is in every day, every moment, we abide. We abide. We think of Jesus. We think of things that are lovely, true, pure, honorable. It's every day. It's when you're driving to work. It's when you're driving home. It's when you're sinning, and it's when you're feeling righteous. It's when you're doing the dishes. It's when you're frustrated. It's when you're happy. It's when you're on the mountaintop. It's when you're in the valley. It's Jesus every day, every breath. Are you telling me this morning, Pastor Dave, that I need to be thinking about Jesus all day? Yes, absolutely. Think about how good he is. Think about how holy he is. Think about how loving he is. Think about the sacrifice he paid, the victory that he has, the spirit of victory that raised him from the grave, the spirit that resides in you. Yes, all the time, abide in Jesus, Christians. Paul encourages us, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. You know what that means in Greek? Pray without ceasing. (laughs) Don't stop praying. It's, It's an all day. If I can encourage you with one thing is that I want to I enlarge your concept or your idea of what prayer is to say it's not a, a five-minute thing. It's not a thing we do in a service. It's not a thing you do in the morning. It's not a thing you do at a meal. It's not a thing that you do at night. It's all those things and more. It's abiding in Jesus, trusting in Jesus, loving Jesus. John 15, 4. 
abide in me and I in you. And then let's jump to verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. We abide in Christ in prayer and constant prayer. And Jesus says, he, in verse 4 he says, abide in me and I in you. And then in verse 7 he goes, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, it just means that Jesus and his word, the same. Now, when I'm saying abide in Jesus, I'm not just saying praying all day. I'm saying you get this word in your heart. I'm saying you do what this word says. You follow it. You're obedient to it. You listen to it. Charles Spurgeon said, we cannot separate Christ from the word. For in the first place, Jesus is the word. And in the next place, how dare we call him Lord and master. And then do not do the things which he says and reject the truth which he teaches. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask me whatever you wish, and I'll do it for you. And so two notes on his word. And I would just say, stop being disobedient to his word. Listen to it. Follow it. Live it. Get this in your heart, so that during the day, you can recall his word and his promises Because I'll just say this, you want your prayer life to change? Start praying the promises of God over your life. Uh, A preacher said, I love this. A preacher said, the best praying Christian is the Christian who is the most believingly familiar with the promises of God. After all, prayer is nothing but taking God's promises to him and saying to him, do as you have said in my life. The promises of God. You want to know what the promises of God are? I'm, t- I'm not lying to you. Just Google it. <laughs> Print it out and put it on your prayer wall and say, these are the promises that God has spoken in my life through his word that I'm believing for. And when I go to prayer, God, I'm going to pray your promises and God will answer that prayer every single time because he is not slow in keeping his promises as some of us understanding slowness. Oh, man. We abide. We abide in gratitude. We abide in surrender. We give Jesus complete, full control of our lives. And when you pray out of that place, you can pray a prayer and then say, God, not as I will, but your will be done. Jesus prayed that prayer. He desired, he didn't want to go to the cross. He said, if it can happen, may this cup pass for me, but not my will, but your will be done. God will answer that prayer every time too. God will answer that prayer every time. So church, here's my thing with prayer. It's not a dumping ground for everything going on in your life. Okay. It is, but it's not only that. It's not a, it's not just a therapy session where you just gripe and moan and complain about everything that's going on. God wants that but he also wants so much more for you. I would say prayer is a dynamic conversation and experience of his presence. Saying, God, you're with me in this moment. God, as I'm worried, you're here. God, as I'm scared, you're at my right hand. God, I'm, I, I, I'm fearful, but your spirit is in me and you haven't given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. It's receiving what God has for you. And it's sharing, telling God what's inside of you. Can I just tell you, I don't know if maybe your sin is keeping you back from prayer. Can I just encourage you with something this morning? 
God can handle your sin. All right? Jesus paid it all on the cross. So here's my encouragement. Do you desire the grace of the Spirit? Go to your Lord's, go to your Lord's anointing. Do you seek holiness? Go to his example. Do you desire forgiveness of your sin? Look to his blood. Do you need to die to sin? Look to his crucifixion. Do you need to be buried to the world? Go to his tomb. Do you want to feel the fullness of a heavenly life? Behold his resurrection. Would you rise above the world? Mark his ascension. Would you contemplate heavenly things? Remember, he's seated at the right hand of God. And know in Ephesians 2 that he has raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places. What would your life be like if you were mighty in prayer? Christian, what would your life be like if you were mighty in prayer? What would your thought life be like? What would your confidence be like in your boldness and approaching the throne, saying that Jesus has paid it all, he's made a way. By his spirit, I have a relationship with my father, and I go to my father knowing he's with me, he's for me, that if he's with me, none can stand against me. That's cultivated in prayer. That's cultivated in prayer. What could God do in our church and in our community if we were saints fully devoted to abiding with our king who's seated on the throne. I want to tell you, God's drawing you closer today. God's drawing you in closer today. Will you hold nothing back to experience the power of prayer? It's in your reach. You can do it. Jesus is here today. Would you abide in him, not just in this moment, but tonight? Would you abide in him, not in this moment, but when you're watching the Vikings lose again? Would you abide in him after that fight with your spouse? Would you abide in him on the way into work when you're worried about the outcome of that meeting? Would you abide in him in every moment? He's with you. He wants more of you. If you abide in me, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Jesus, the true answer of our prayer is you. That you are enough. That God, when we experience the fullness of your presence, we know that you are enough. God, may we understand the enormous satisfaction that we cannot get in any other area of life outside of our relationship with you. Holy Spirit, would you draw us in that we would abide, that we would abide in prayer with our God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Man, if you receive that, can you-